Bonjour and bienvenue. Hello and welcome to the Conjure South Spellcast Podcast, the only conjuring podcast providing royal, intellectual, and traditional hoodoo, root work, and divination. A space highlighting the cultural traditions of hoodoo and an invitation to all other spiritual systems from around the world. I am your host, Queen Cotalia, the hoodoo queen of the Imperial Court, Milner Meadows de la Ponte. I am joined by my magical co-host, the Madame Aphrodite and the Urban Alchemist. L'épisode aujourd'hui dont nous discutons à partir de la tradition comédique. Today's episode, we will discuss beginning the comedic tradition. Je répète, bienvenue to Country South Spellcast Podcast. Bonjour, bonjour, comment ça va? Je suis Cotalia, bientôt de Meadows de la Livre, la Rana I am Queen Cotalia, the Hoodoo Queen, and this is the Country Sound Spellcast podcast. I am joined by my amazing co-host, Madame Aphrodite and the Urban Alchemist. How are you all doing today? Great, how are you, Queen? Absolutely we wonderful. Well, we are well. How are you? Super, I can't complain. Um, had a very full week this week. We have at Conjure South have begun to become of this tourist attraction called the Haunted Walking Tours. And so they come by, and in fact, the the designer or the founder of this particular tour came by the shop months ago and was absolutely fascinated with everything and decided to um, purchase a couple of books, but then turned around and named the walking tour, the bad medicine walking tour. Mm. Yes. And so he takes everyone around mobile to different hot spots and spaces that are either haunted or there's been murders and mysteries left unsolved. And he absolutely has to stop by conjure South. Because there are many stories here in Mobile of different people of color doing particular workings and so forth and so on. And he thought, you know, there would be no better space than to hear some original stories than Conjure South. So last, interestingly enough, this past week, he didn't show up. But the week prior, there were 20 people that came through um, with the walking tour. And it was absolutely mind-blowing. So... Yeah, so that was really interesting. We nice. have a lot coming up with Conjure South in regards to or me with the community services that are being provided. We have this amazing working ritual weekend in September. We have the Cotalia soundtrack EP. Hey. It's so many great, wonderful mm-hmm. things that are coming up. So I'm super excited about those things. So it's, it's a lot, but I'm blessed nonetheless. How have your week been? What's been going on in your lives? Um. Well, I am finally amongst the living, I should say, uh, health-wise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm all right. Uh, so it's it's... I'm finally happy to be able to like talk without coughing up lung. So, yay me. Yes. (laughs) That part. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm happy that you're good now and that you're better. You know, you had us worried for a minute. I said, you know, I understand that we all got to go someday. But I was like, um, she literally could be taking her last breath at the last. (laughs) With each cop, oh so you don't goodness. really know. Mm-mm, I told my ancestors, I said, you better hold it. <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet. yet. She said, um, I'm to play ancestor. Um, Gerald, Urban Alchemist, what's been going on in your life? Um, first, let me say that Haunted Tour needs to stop by that first motel that I stayed at in Mobile, because something <laughs> definitely is not right there. So... <laughs> Tell them, I won't I won't call out their name, but <laughs> yes. Um, my life has been good. You know, I have some teacher friends. It's weird being, you know, an actual bona fide adult because I have friends who are teachers. So back to school means back to work for them. Yes. And I've been getting the stories and hearing them. And you know, I believe the children are a future, and I'm a little concerned. Just saying. <laughs> But so Whitney Houston, we have a problem. We have right, exactly Houston. We have a problem. 
But um, we did go to the club and um, dance Hakira away, away last night. So I'm glad that I could serve the community in that fashion. And other than that, it's just been gearing up for, um, you know, Virgo season and... Pipe down. Um, <laughs> gearing up for Virgo season and... Um, and um, doing doing my hoodoo, you know, all of that stuff. Yes, that's good. That's incredible. <laughs> well, I am happy to hear everybody having a good time and doing well and feeling good and all of those great, wonderful things. Um, it's just really exciting to hear all of those things. Um, but I want to go ahead and jump right on into our topic of the evening. We have a special guest by the name of David Seti. And David Seti has been a follower of mine for quite some time. And I have seen his journey expand and grow and you step back and a variety of different things. And and one thing that has always been very consistent with David Santi is the space of comedics and the um, connection to the Egyptian gods and goddesses. And um, I thought this was very interesting, a very interesting topic because I honestly, and I'm going to just give it to you right off the cuff, right? I honestly have a significant, profound eye roll to many people of color that immediately jump into the space of worshiping or identifying with the um, Egyptian gods and goddesses. And I personally have a significant, beautiful and amazing royal eye roll to this because (laughs) I really feel that many people feel shamed of their ancestry as descendants of enslaved people that they need to reach to some space of royalty we're kings we're queens no you're not and neither were your people and that's just (laughs) I mean trust me I would know so the thing about it is is that's not the case and then if it's not the Egyptian gods and goddesses, it is they, they skip by the ancestors. Let me go to the Orisha or let me go to the Loa. But it's, it's I have to not be associated with what you think is less. And the thing that I often have to remind my viewers and my listeners is your people were enslaved because they held a skill set that was incomparable to all else. They had an immune system that was incomparable to all else. And so for this reason, you come from a good stock in a bad situation. But nonetheless, you come from a good stock. So do not dismiss this. Do not look past this. And so there's that. And so it was interesting because as I do speak about my lineage, when you go back to the farthest aspect of my lineage or the maternal aspect of it, it taps into that space of the horn within Africa, East African responses, um, North Sudan, which is where the first pyramids were. And if I'm not mistaken, I'll have um, David Seti to correct me if I'm wrong on this. But those individuals are the ones that moved into Egypt and created what people know as these Egyptian correspondences and customs, etc. But I just think it's really important to get some good information some correct information on those that may be actually interested in taking a step into becoming familiarized with comedics and the Egyptian way. So with that being said, everybody give a wonderful round of applause to our amazing guest of the day, David Sati. Hello, David. How are you? How are you? Thank you for having me. I am so, so happy and honored that you accepted the invitation. So, David, how have you been? How are things going in your week? Um, my week has been uh, same old, same old, just work, uh, trying to get some things together as far as uh, starting a YouTube channel so, so I can explain you know, a little bit personally just for my journey, being in the comedic tradition and um, just sort of like clearing up some things that, you know, uh, I do feel that people do have this misconception. But I will say with some people that get in the comedic tradition, because uh, we'll go, we'll kind of go a little bit into it, but um, we kind of have to be careful when, um, I guess, the, the, the conscious hoteps, like people like to call them, uh, they, in recent years, have put a bad name to those who are truly trying to, African-Americans, and not just African-Americans, but even our brothers and sisters on the continent, 
that are connecting with um, with this ancient tradition. But all in all, my week has been, um, it's been pretty uh, chill, just work and study pretty much. <laughs> Wonderful. So, David, what drew you to the committed tradition to begin with? Okay, so um, like most uh, African-Americans in the United States, you know, I come from a, um, a Christian background. And um, for the longest time, I actually wanted to be a um, Christian minister. Um, most of my teenage years, a little bit of my early childhood and most of my teenage years was kind of preparing me to deliver my first sermon and all those sorts of things. But uh, I kind of always knew in the back of my head that something wasn't something wasn't adding up. And I always had this fascination with um, with magic, magical arts and stuff. But of course, coming from, you know, a Christian that's looked down upon as witchcraft, that's evil, that's demonic and things like that. So it was right around uh, the age of 19, I started to have my grandmother passed. And I kind of had my my awakening, so to speak. And the first thing that kind of drew me uh, in, because I always had a fascination with it as a child. Uh, I have like pictures and paintings that I did when I was in elementary school of pharaohs and things like that was ancient Egypt, ancient Kemet. So um, I started to research it. Um, of course, you get into the whole thing of Christianity, its beginnings, beginning in Egypt and things like this. So a lot of people, when they when they leave, and I'll, I'll touch a little bit more on this later, but when they, I guess, have their awakening, the first thing that they'll do is look to Egypt because they're saying that, oh, well, that was taken from Egypt. So then Egypt must be something closer to the truth if they borrowed those things from Kemet. My, so uh, if I may ask, before you continue, you're saying Kemet. Now, when you're saying Kemet, do you mean Kemet in the space of ancient Egypt or are you speaking to the space of Kemet and the, in regards to the region that also includes Sudan and those other spaces? Because I think some people may have a misconception with that. Yes. Um, when I when I say Kemet, I mean that, that region of the world. We have to understand that Kemet's what is mostly focused on in, quote unquote, Egyptology and what we normally see in documentaries and movies. They focus on a specific area in Egypt. And they do that for a reason. But of course, when you go a little bit further south, which is really northern Kemet, because the, the Nile River flows backwards. So um, what we know as, as, as Nubia would have been northern, quote unquote, Egypt or Kemet. Um, they exclude Nubia for obvious reasons. Um, but um, And what are so those they, reasons? Well, one of the reasons is because um, we have to understand that you had many different invasions within Egyptian history, the Romans, the Greeks, the Persians. And with that, Kemet was never really a ethnic group of Africans like we think of it as. Kemet was, in so many words, a, a like a New York city where many different groups of Africans came and to, to solidify this knowledge that they had. Nubia, since it is from a Eurocentric arc, Egyptology perspective, is too Black. There's no mistake when you look at the, the ancient Nubians that these were African people. Mm-hmm. I get away with a little bit more the further north, I guess you would say, when you because you do have Greeks, Romans. So they 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 focus on a very specific period within Kemetic so history. More of a modern Egypt. Yes. yes. And with um they, they focus mainly on a specific point in history in Kemetic history, which is the Greco-Roman part of when the Greeks and the Romans were inhabitants within Kemet because once Kemet had then failed, like the the Pharaonic um, dynasties and all those things had then fell off. And then you get um, the, the invasion uh, with Alexander the Great and things like this. So they sell the Cleopatra. Cleopatra, who really um, wasn't, I know this may sound, you know, Cleopatra, black, like when I say black, <laughs> you know, you see a lot, well, why, why do you make it Cleopatra white? Well, Cleopatra was a Hellenized Egyptian. She was a Greek. Egyptian. She was um, what's it like Macedonian? Yes, yeah. So um, so that's why I kind of I'm not one of those people that likes to say, oh, Kemet was always this black land. Because it wasn't. We eventually do get invaders and things like that. And the the native Egyptians, so to speak, they start to move further south to some other parts of West Africa. North Africa because of the, um, the the invasion of the Romans and the Greeks. Wonderful. So my other question to you would be, what solace or peace do you find or did you find when entering these traditions? Like, because, and, and let me also, add, in this is a two-part question. 
is the comedic tradition a religion mm. or is it a mystical practice? It's, it's um, twofold. For me, many of us within the comedic tradition, what you're seeing us doing is we are replicating what we're trying to restore and replicate the temple tradition, which was different than what the common people would have did. So like I said, it's very, you know, when you say that most of us weren't kings and queens, you're right. Most of us were not kings and queens. Most of us would have been the common folk of the farmers of, of the land. So when we're, rep- we're replicating the temple tradition, you do get it at least from in a space where I'm involved in, it is a religion to me. The mystical, the mysticism that people like to use is they'll take, say, for example, the worship of ISIS, we know spread to uh, to Europe. So you'll see a lot of people within the uh, the European pagan community, uh, European witchcraft, they'll honor ISIS. But that's not the same thing as com- the comedic tradition being a religion to uh, to that person. They can just pick and choose which gods that they want to work, work with within that time. But for me, it is um, engaged in ritual purification, honoring the, the Netaru, that's the Netaru, which is um, the gods, so to speak. Uh, well, that's what they translate it as gods. Yes. Uh, honoring them on a consistent basis. It, it really is like a religious, instead of me just saying, okay, I want to work with ISIS and I have her on an altar with a statue of Oshun, a statue of, uh, of some other uh, goddess or whatever like this. So it really is exclusive um, to Kemet itself, the, the temple tradition in Kemet that the priest would have um, did within the temple. That's good to know, because, you know, I think a lot of times people immediately think if it's not Christianity, it's magic. Mm-hmm. But I mention this often. Voodoo, Voodoo is not magic. It's a religion. They called it magic and they demonized it. And some people even called it witchcraft because it was not Abrahamic in its foundation. When you look at the spaces of Kemet and those type of traditions, it goes back into those spaces. So I think a lot of people just assume, and that's what really shifts my wig is when I really, really hear people. I mean, I'm giving you 2007 Sheree Kim Zosiak shift. When I tell you a little tug, tug, a little tussle of the wig, it really, really bothers me because people often will um, associate, oh, well, I, um, I I am an Ifa and that means I'm a witch or um, I am doing voodoo. So that means I am I, I have magical powers. But what people need to understand about religion and when you are working or being blessed by gods or goddesses, you are being blessed by them and the blessings in your life aren't things that you manifested, is things that you have asked for, offerings you have gave and you have been blessed. There's a difference, you know, there's a huge difference there. But before we get on, I would like to ask Urban Alchemist and Madam Aphrodite, have you all ever considered thinking about the Egyptian gods and goddesses or even dipping your toes into this Nile River of knowledge? Um, well, not so much as like, um, I guess practicing would be the word, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but the most I've gotten into, um, those traditions is like my funeral service class. Um, when we go back to, um, talking about burials and, um, like mummifications and things like that. Um, those are actually things that we have to learn, um, you know, to proceed in like funeral embalming and things like that. So that's the closest that, that I've gotten to it, but it is very interesting. Um, but my question is like, so when it comes to someone wanting to, um, practice can anyone just like make up their mind to say like hey this is what I want to do or would you recommend someone having like a lineage to that like actually going through a lineage and finding you know their ancestral place there personally for me I would uh actually I would say if you feel a um to me it really is about a a, a calling okay Personally, I've dedicated my I'm dedicating my entire rest of my entire life to this. It's different than just maybe having a um, you you like you have a little fascination with it. You know, you like the onk, and you know, kind of. Mm-hmm. But you don't have a. Um, there's nothing telling you you're going to serve these gods as they would in the temple tradition. You, you use this as a way of life. Like I said, it's, it's it's a little bit different than me just taking a statue of Osiris. 
putting it in my house and just saying, you know, that I like Osiris. It's it's a little bit when you really have to engage in an in ritual. Um, it reading the myths and the legends, but not just read the myths and the legends as you know Egyptian myths, but really from a, from a spiritual level. How does that transform my life? How does this how does this knowledge that I'm seeing, or how is how is this these these black people, these these great kings and queens, how does that work for me today. It can't just be something that I'm just looking in the past and saying to myself, oh, we were once great. Okay, well, what does that mean now? Right. You so know, I think I think that's very interesting because it sort of ties back to last episode in regards to superstitions where, and this is something else I would like to say and another thing that I am not clocking you on, um, Diva Santi, but I don't like and I do not call our traditions myths or legends because they're not myths. Just because they're not relevant in your spiritual practice does not make it a myth or a superstition or folklore or any of those things, you know, because there is not was, but there is um, and there are people and persons um, that or getting back to these temple traditions, there was a civilization where they followed these um, temple traditions and they didn't follow them because they were a myth. A myth is something that may not be true. I want to touch on it. If you don't, um, going back to in the space of if someone wanted to, or they've been thinking about it is be very careful if you're coming across teachings that like to, um, specifically for the comedic tradition, but I see, I, I'm, I'm starting to see it done a lot more in other um, traditions that come from Africa is regulating the gods and the goddesses down to just psycho psychological processes of our minds or archetypes. Um, whereas with me, no, this for me, these are living beings. Yes, that you, yes. Um, yeah, these, we got a lot of Ifa too. Yeah, um, so you, you're starting to see a lot of because religion has been given such a bad rap, I guess, with the dogma of Christianity, for example, with a lot of our people. What I see a lot of people do when they try to get into the comedic tradition is they'll they'll say, well, I want to reject religion because it's synonymous with Christianity. So then they'll come in in the comedic tradition and say, well, okay, set is, which is my last, uh, seti means of the god Seth or dedicated to the god Seth. So they'll say, well, Seth represents the, the lower ego, so to speak. Mm. But engaged with Seth as just their lower ego, their, their vices and things like that. Like, no, this is a, and I tell you, you don't give offerings to psychological processes of the mind. Our ancestors yeah. is doing this just because, um, so you, I, I, I tell people, be very careful when you, not saying that these cannot be psychological processes of the mind, and we can engage with them to help us better understand our place in humanity. But the, but there, there's so much more than that. They literally are, for me personally, as a religion, these are things that I um, give honor to and revere as living beings and not just a, a thing that's going on in my psyche. So, so actually taking the stories and the stories, which in Africa in general, we would use stories and fables as our ethics or the, the ethics to life. Yeah. This yeah. is how you should live. These are our commandments there, you know, and that's really what it boils down to. Um, so it's not a matter of I take this, you know, like you said, this is the, the lower conscious. No, it's not. But see, this is what this is what they're doing to every divine thing, because people right now really have an issue with, I guess you would say, um, hierarchy mm -hmm. and those things. No, it's not us. It's not a deity. It's not divine. It's our minds. We are the gods. No, you're not. You're not a god. I promise you, you're not a god. It is just <laughs> so interesting. What I love is it again, just burns my hoodoo biscuits when it burns my hoodoo biscuits when I hear people go into this whole, well, I am the child of Oshun or I am the child of Seti or Seth and this is what I can do and this is what I'm going to do to you. But it's interesting. You never tried to walk on water when you were a Christian. You never tried to give sight to, to the blind or raise the dead or turn water into wine. So it's just amazing that you and, and what this actually is saying is that you have a greater respect for that religion than the one you're claiming you are of now 
or the practice that you are that you are of now. And it's like, again, you are bringing a higher value to this non deity of color and the ones of color. You don't recognize them as such, but they are you. You know, it's it's crazy that you say that because um, I got in a little a little tussle with this girl who got initiated only um, to get a um, you know the 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 secrets of Avarisha, you know, like the the unsaid things, you know, that you do in ritual and ceremony, you know, to you know make sh- stuff happen, and um. <clears throat> That was her only thing that she wanted uh, was to be able to to go to Ogun and I, I'm a sick Ogun after you or I'm a, I'm a get Oya on you. And I'm like, <clears throat> you know, it's like you at the, the very moment you think that you have control over a God is the very moment you just began to dig your grave. Split that weed. <laughs> OK, I mean, seriously, urban alchemists. Where do you stand in the space of of comedics? And I know that like tarot has a variety of influences and and things of that nature. And we spoke on some things last week with some things. So, yeah. So where where do you stand in this? I'm very acquainted with um, comedics. Now, I don't actively study it and practice it just because there's not enough time. I study so (laughs) many different things. And I I would like to learn that eventually, like intimately, but there's so many different things. But I absolutely understand this connection to tarot um, and many other things. And I'll tell you, learning tarot and understanding how that works and the symbology and everything. When I moved here to Washington, D.C., it gave me a set of lenses to view the world. And when I moved here to D.C., I was like, okay, what is that? I recognize that. Why is that there? What is that? Ooh, ooh, ooh. And all these connections started happening. So um, my interest and awareness of all those things really awakened here in Washington, D.C. because so much comedic stuff influences our stuff modern day and people don't even realize the magnitude of how much it is, especially in Washington, D.C. Why? Because Washington, D.C. was built by the Freemasons. So, you know, when I go downtown, I see the Washington Monument, which is an obelisk or what the um, Kimites would call a Tekken, which is a um, monument to the resurrection of Osiris. That means something. And it's by the reflecting pool, just like the temple would be in ancient Kemet. That means something. When I walk inside and there's a Haru Badetti, which is a wing, a wing sun disc with two cobras coming out of the side above the elevator, that means something. And then when I look in Alexandria, Virginia, Alexandria, which is also a city in Egypt with the library, you know, I look across the river to Alexandria and there's a monument almost as tall as the Washington Monument dedicated to who? George Washington, who was a Freemason. That means something. You might say it means that he saw himself as Osiris. That means something. So it's being able to understand the um, pantheon, the history, and its influence on modern day, which gains you a lot of insight. And the last thing I'll say is that, um, for now, <laughs> is that if you want to understand the Egyptians, the Kemites, first of all, I'm getting to my name, Urban Alchemist. Okay, alchemy is the comedic art. Alchem, alchemy. So it is crucial to what I do and understand that process. And if you want to really appreciate what the Kemetic, what the Kemites did, it was they understood the creation and functioning of the universe. And they were also sun worshipers. And those are two pivotal things. So that's been my experience thus far. I I think that's very interesting. Um, On a personal note, because as you've mentioned, the Kemites were sun worshipers, but we in Western Africa with the um, cosmogram and those things, though it shows the four phases of the sun, we respond and move off of a moon calendar, a lunar calendar. Mm -hmm. And I think there is something to say about that in regards to, and again, this is why I, I am a stickler on lineage because if you're studying for the study of it all or the devotion of it all, that's one thing. But when you're trying to tap back into your blood and the majority of people from that are in America do come from West Africa, understand that you come from a people of a lunar cycle versus right. a solar cycle. Yes, David Sati. We'll say this. Um, there, there is a misconception I want to clear up about that, about the um, the solar tradition of ancient Kemet versus the lunar tradition of ancient mm-hmm. Kemet. Both these right. traditions side by side. 
I will say this, the solar tradition of ancient Kemet is, is became the more popular. So that's why we know that. So when we're dealing with deities like Ra or Sekhmet or um, Beyonce, um, <laughs> but when you get into the lunar tradition, that is actually older than the solar tradition. So when you see deities like Tehuti with the crescent moon on his head, mm-hmm. I said she's primarily a lunar deity, but they attached her also to the sun too. So I have a question then going back to Urban Alchemist, when we were mm-hmm. talking about Lionsgate and the ancient goddess um, there, she mm-hmm. would then be a part of that lunar aspect since she has a star on her head or is she even older than that? There's, it's getting deep because there's a lunar tradition, like, and Dave would be more versed in this, but there's lunar tradition, the solar, they come together in a certain way. Some people would say that Kemet was named um, Land of the Moon. So, you know, but <clears throat> it's interesting you mentioned the cosmogram because there is a similar cosmogram in the Egyptian, um, yeah. I don't know um, if you can say religion because there are different traditions and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead, David. Oh, well, I don't want to, uh, sorry to cut you off, but we recognize that when you say, uh, when Ra, Ra, I am Ra at noonday, I am a tomb in the evening. Right. Or you see him going across the four phases, which you can break it down to the four phases of life. Um, the actual four, they didn't worship the sun. The sun, the Aten disc, is the visible manifestation of the God. But it isn't right. the God. Right. But when, it, when people like to say, and I, it comes from a, it is no fault of our own. It does come from a, um, a European perspective of when they were looking at. And these, translation. And they will say, oh, they, they worship in the sun. It's no different than when they went into many parts of Africa and saw our ancestors doing a thing. And they just say, oh, they're worshiping a tree. No, they aren't worshiping the tree. Neither are they worshiping the statue. We recognize that inside, that the God has taken up residence inside the statue or residence inside the temple. Well, we aren't worshiping the, the physical manifestation. We just recognize that as a physical manifestation of the God. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just like the um, stories, that, like... What we said aren't myths, but the stories about the deities, if you really get into the allegory of it all, it talks about the journey of the sun mm. in that cycle. Um, and then also you talk about lunar traditions, I think, and the deity that I mentioned, Queen, you get into the more magic side, we're talking about thoughts and Tahuti and the magic and secrets, there's that whole thing. But the sun was critical to a lot of their traditions because them tracking the heavens and heavenly bodies and things like that, and also the way they track time. And it's an interesting little story of Cleopatra, I should mention. You know, she was very popular in Rome. You know, she had her affairs with um, Caesar and Mark Antony. And she actually took a residence in Rome for a little while. And she was like a Kardashian back in the day. People were like obsessed with her and they either loved her or hated her. And she hung out for a little while. And then she went back to Egypt and as a little parting gift, because she had been there so long, she was like, y'all, thanks for having me. I think I'm done here. Just so y'all know, like your calendar's wrong and it's because y'all base it on the moon and you should really track it with the sun. And she actually corrected the way they did time because it could never make up for the difference of the cycles. So the um, solar calendar is what they adopted after she gave that to them as like a little parting gift. So a lot of times in classical culture, we give the Greeks and Romans a lot of credit, but it's like the stuff they did really came from ancient Kemet. And there was so much sophisticated information. Um, but yeah, it's interesting how you talk about the lunar and the solar cycles because those, those things definitely existed both in Egypt and had their own you know, place. So my next question, um, David, is how would one, I know that Mother Aphrodite mentioned the space of, um, do you need to look into lineage, etc. This is my response to that. When it comes to a god or goddess, if you choose to devote yourself or you can choose to devote yourself to any god or goddess, any god or goddess will, or excuse me, they may bless you. Not saying they will bless you, but they may bless you. And that is your choice to be a devotee or a servitor to whomever. Okay. This is not the same as becoming initiated in the space. You know, if you are called, as David said, he said, then there may be an initiation process. And that's with anything. And then the initiation 
will, you know, give you your responsibility or your charge, perhaps, within that space. In regards to saying that you want to be a servitor of Ra or Oshun, or I don't know, um, Metagui, you you then have the you have the ability to at least give reverence and thanks. But that's it. That's it. Um, when it comes to that. But I want to ask David Sati if one wanted to devote themselves to um a comedic path, what are some tips that you would give them or how should one begin that journey? I would say um, the biggest thing, and unfortunately I was able to um, encounter this living where I'm from, is from St. From Louis, Missouri, the uh, African Temple and Cultural Arts Center there. I would surround yourself with like-minded people. First of all, when it comes to that, you can get initiated. There is the Temple of uh, the temple of Anu. Uh, there is the Earth Center and the Shrine of Mayat. Those three I would recommend that they look into the, those specific temples and shrines um, as far as like knowledge and the teachers there. Um, and you can't get initiated under them. They'll, they'll give you um, your new name and, and all that kind of stuff. I personally haven't been initiated because um, currently at this moment in life, I don't feel the, um, I don't feel the calling to be initiated because when it comes to being initiated in the committed tradition, you, it, it gets into the space of, of helping the community and things like, it's kind of hard to explain, but um but it's, it's a lot different when it's your own personal, when it's, when it's something that's just personal and private for you versus when you, when you, you start to become up under people, like you said, mentioned like the hierarchy of people, especially in the, um, the temple of Anu, the shrine of my responsibilities. Um, you have to be prepared for, if they say, you know, you have to do this, you know, and some people, unfortunately, well, I won't say unfortunately, but some people that's just not, they can't have that thing of somebody telling them what to do. I know this, this sounds scarier <laughs> traditional, somebody telling you what to do, but, uh, <laughs> but there, it's, it's not a scary thing. It's the truth. It is. But, mm-hmm. and, and that's and that's rather it's comedics, voodoo, ifa, no matter what it is, including hoodoo, when you're dealing with someone of a royal lineage, Yo. it had there is a there's an issue with people feeling less than. It's not that you are less than, it's that your purpose is different. My purpose may be heavier. You do not want my crown, I promise you. And even if I gave it to you, you wouldn't be able to do what is needed of you to do. And so everyone has their part to play. Everyone has those things to do. And if you are giving, um, and the thing about it is, your teacher had a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> your teacher had a teacher, so they had to listen to someone just. And the thing about it is, you know, it's like a hard headed child. Either you can listen to your parent or you can run on the road and get hit by a car. <laughs> it's your decision. You yeah, decide. I will, I will say this, too, when it comes to getting into the space of, of the tradition of Kemet, to be very careful um, what books you decide to research. If uh, if you're serious about the, the, the comedic tradition and temple tradition, I would advise people to avoid books that try to blend, blend it with, you know, with European um, paganism. Mm-hmm. They'll say like uh, Isis being the queen of witches. She was never known as the queen of witches. Is <laughs> <laughs> within the tradition of witchcraft that honor and reverence Isis, but it doesn't make her the queen of witches in that aspect. So I would I would avoid um, anything that sort of tries to make it eclectic. I guess that's the right word. Um, where it's mm-hmm. kind of. You know, you have Isis right here, and then have uh, Hecate right next to her, and then you can have. Uh, <laughs> I would avoid avoid that if you're if you're serious about really incorporating. And I, when I say authentic, I use that word in a sense of we are replicating what the records that were left to speak of what what the, what the priest did. So of course we don't we can't. Um, there's no temple anymore. What we see that they uh, what they did. For example, for me and myself, waking up in the morning, engaging in ritual, uh, ritual purity and giving um, salutations to Ra as he rises in the east. That was done in the temples. You, we can do that, you know, within our own homes. So that's why I would, uh, to those who are really serious about it, avoid mixing the traditions. Yeah, yeah. Me giving me giving praise to Ra when he rises in the east. That's not a magical act. It's a custom of the tradition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it's not a, it's not a magical act. So be very careful when you get into things like Egyptian witchcraft or Egyptian magic. 
um, you have to be very careful when you uh, see those type of things. Nine times out of ten, they probably don't really know what they're talking about when it comes to that. Um, but that that, that would be my uh, and also too, don't try to like I know a lot of us come out of Christianity, but don't try to approach the comedic tradition like Christian. The Book of the Dead is not their Bible. Um, the 42 uh, laws of Mayat are, are, they're not the same thing as, say, the Ten Commandments. You know, yeah, we can say that, oh, they they took or stole, so to speak, those and made those the Ten Commandments in the Jewish in the Jewish tradition, but it's not the same thing. And I, people have to be, ISIS is, is not a substitute for Mary. Horus is not a substitute, you know, Asar is not a substitute for, you know, <laughs> similarities in the gods but they aren't the same thing so i would uh, i would avoid um trying to approach it with a a christian mindset because we since a lot of us will leave but we still have some sort of um uh and you, you mentioned it too about even with uh, who do we still have some sort of because i we have like some sort of sentimental attachment to it still even though we've kind of rejected it so to speak so we tend to try to attach that same mindset, I guess the Christian mindset, for example, and then just put an Egyptian uh, commitment or just dress it up with, uh, so Jesus just becomes Osiris. Like, that's not how it works. <laughs> They'll do it every time, every time. Well, I thank you for sharing this information. Is there anything else that you would like to touch on or share before we move on yeah um i would say too like i said mentioned earlier um is that you know we see a lot of people in i guess the the, the black conscious cir- you know circles um they when i look at it sometimes i do want to throw up because they are given they're given what the ancestors put down a very bad very they're you know injecting their own ideologies about how they feel about things and making it seem what the ancestors thought like that too the, the endless back and forth debates about, I will avoid all this type of stuff, debates about, well, which one is Christianity or uh, Kemet, like avoid that type of stuff. It's only going to take you down a rabbit hole of, of more confusion. And I do not believe that when we connect with something that our ancestors left us, there is confusion involved with it. So I would say that sorts of avoid. Now, a lot of these, a lot of these individuals do have a lot of good book knowledge, but I guarantee you nine times out of 10, they're not engaging with the gods and goddesses as living beings. They're not conducting their lives based off that. Like I said, what they'll do is they'll just boil it down. Those are just psychological process of the mind. So you really don't have to have any real devotion to the gods and the goddesses because it's really just you the entire time. So avoid anything that tries, like you said, make you a god or make you the the center of 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 it. So, you know, you see a lot of guys and, and then women, you know, they put my yacht at the court. Um, they you know, put my yacht to what now? I didn't hear that. Well, they'll put like um, my yacht at the end of their name. That doesn't mean that they're living the comedic tradition as a lifestyle. It just means that, oh, that's African. So, you know, <laughs> I got to have. Oh, I understand. Like mumbo so-and-so and E.I. this and that with <laughs> no. Emoja ocean. <laughs> yes. Like, girl. Go drown in the water you're playing oh. in. Which <laughs> cause a lot of chaos. Um, definitely avoid them. Right. That's good to know. Urban Alchemist or Madam Aphrodite, do y'all have any other questions for David since he's surrounding this tradition? Uh, I was gonna, I do have a question, but I'll echo his sentiment and just say, I think it's like you queen with hoodoo. It's like, and we've said before, something's not what it is because you decide that's what it is. So a lot of times people approach religion with an agenda. And we've also mentioned spiritual insecurities. So um, a lot of people approach it with, you know, they want it to validate them in some way. And it's like, it's not going to do that. It's not what it's for. It's a misuse of it. So I think when we see these quote unquote hoteps, and that's a horrible name, because, you know, it disrespects (laughs) the idea of imhotep. But when we see these people that have, you agree, right? Uh, (laughs) But it has that. It has that reputation and um, it really, it ruins the space of that religion. David, you were going to say something. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny that we label these people hoteps when hotep or hotepu means peace or to be at peace. And we label it, it brings the most chaos. into Exactly. Into. They will argue. So they should just take off the tep and just be hoes. Oh. <laughs> right, basically. <laughs> basically. It makes sense my, now. Now it question, all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ISIS is now a terrorist organization. She's not the beautiful goddess. 
Right. You know, it's, we gotta we gotta tear everything down. That's great, you know. But my question to David before we leave is: So, are you saying that magic is not a part of the comedic tradition at all, or are you just saying that people confuse things for magic that may not be? Yeah, uh, magic is a part of of the comedic tradition. I will say that. So, my question then: What is magic? Magic to us, uh, magic in the comedic tradition is utilizing roots, herbs, um, you can work with a particular deity to bring about some <clears throat> life. But that isn't the same thing as, um, like I said, I'm going to use that as an example, me getting up in the morning, ritually bathing myself, and then giving honor. That's not a magical act. But some people, right. in, like I said, books, they say Egyptian witchcraft. They'll say this rich, this magical ritual to Ra. That's not a magical ritual uh, <laughs> to Ra. So, um, so it's kind of like uh, like with Ifa, people think, um, you know, working with the Orisha is magic when we actually refer to it um, as sacred science. And it's like a whole nother conversation. But, yeah. And we can go even farther than that. And who do people think that ancestral reverence is conjuration of who do it is not. It is a custom within the diaspora. It has nothing to do with magic at all. Bing, bing, and I personally really don't, I, uh, and I'll leave that to I personally, just for me personally, I don't uh, approach the um, comedic, I don't approach the comedic tradition as a um, a magical system for me. I do recognize that there is magical system within the comedic, but for me, it really is a, uh, it's a religion in the sense that I devote myself um, to a particular God, but I do honor all the Nitaru, and I and I approach it that way. I, I really don't approach it in a sense that oh, let me let me pray to them and they're gonna change my help me change my life. It, it's not I like that. But um, so that's how I personally approach the tradition. That's wonderful. I'm one way to Urban Alchemist get back in because I it's not even I feel I know he asked that question and looking for a particular answer. I feel and so and I guess I could ask you as well. Then is there a magic? within the comedic tradition with a different name than comedic. Yeah, we, um, you, you can find, um, and we find, you know, papyruses and things that were, you know, dug up and left where, where you do see magical quote unquote spells, so to speak. A lot of those things though, you have to be careful because a lot of it required items that you don't have not accessible to us anymore. So that is why those, like I said, like the Temple of Anu, um, the Earth Center, um, the Shrine of Mayat, we we hone in on the tradition as in the temple. So reverence to the gods, things like that. When it, when it, when you get down to like, like for me, with my, and of course, coming in contact with you, Queen, my reconnection or my connection with the tradition of Hudu, to me, and it's just me personally, to me, that is more so, it fulfills more so of my, I hate to say it, but it fulfills more of my, my magical needs, so to speak, because mm-hmm. I don't know tradition as a form of magic yes no you're absolutely right you're you're not wrong and to say that it's like you can be a christian and get work from a conjurer or you can light these candles like in haiti you can be a voodooism but also go to one that works wanga you know there's you and you can be jewish but also deal with those that or have those practices of Kabbalah as well. So it's not an either or when it comes to it, because one absolutely involves deities and gods, and the other one doesn't. And so and these are, these are um, here is another option. <laughs> you know, if the gods say no, because they will say no at times. They do not have to bless you. I have had full-blown voodoo goat ceremonies, etc where the loa comes back and says, mm, I'm doing keto and we're no longer doing this today. I'm kidding. They don't <laughs> do that because there are very disrespectful people, specifically in New Orleans, that have made the loa vegan because they're vegan and all kinds of BS. But we're not going to go down that rabbit hole of crap. So th- that's, that is a thing. So I just wanted to to ask that particular question. Urban Alchemist, you were coming in, as I mentioned. I felt that you asked that question knowing the answer in regards to that. And so my question to um, David Seti, and I will also ask you, is there a is there a term of the magic within comedics versus... There is a term. That's a term. There is a term. Uh, yeah. okay. um, called, so what is it called? called Hekka. Not everybody possesses it, but it is all the gods. Imagine possess- that. It's called, uh, called Hekka. In the comedic tradition, 
they believed that you had to have been chosen to really work effective Hekar. Imagine uh, that. I could have sworn I may have said this before and like every time I am live doing anything <laughs> in regards to you, have to you have to be gifted with the ability to conjure in order to do who do and other forms of conjure. You have to be blessed with it. Say it ain't so. What? I don't know. Interesting. But yeah, so that was my question there. I know that we actually are coming up to the end of this episode, which means we're not going to do um, our daily pulls and those things today. But um, David Sati, how can people find you on social media in regards to what you do and keeping up with you? And maybe if they have further questions within Comedics. Yeah, you can um, find me. I'm primarily on Instagram at David Seti 777. Um, that's how you can uh, find me. And yeah, you can ask me questions. Like I said, uh, again, I am, um, you know, trying to, you know, uh, restart my YouTube channel and things like that. So I can bring a little bit more of uh, what I know, uh, the information that I know to the table. And to, like I said, try to clear up some of the misconceptions that we have about the, uh, the temple tradition. Super. And that is at David, D-A-V-I-D, Seti, S-E-T-I-7-7? Yes, yeah. Okay. And Urban Alchemist, how can they find you? You can find me at Urban Alchemist, all one word with the blue logo on Instagram. Super. Madam Aphrodite. They can find me on Instagram at underscore Afroaphrodite underscore and that's A-F-R-O-D-I-T-E. And on TikTok. <laughs> and you all can find me at the Hoodoo Queen on YouTube. You can find me at Conjure underscore South on Instagram. You can find me at Cotalia on Instagram. Uh, excuse me, at Cotalia underscore. I always forget that. At Cotalia underscore on Instagram and then at Cotalia on TikTok and YouTube. Um, David, Santi, I thank you so much for joining us today. This has been an absolutely amazing conversation and I am yes. certain your information has and will bless those that even if they're not interested in partaking in the tradition as a practice or way of life, it will absolutely bring up um, feelings and emotions to become more educated within the space of comedics. Urban Alchemist and Madam Aphrodite, I thank you all so very much for being here today and bringing your question and insight to this amazing topic. Everyone, I am super, super, super excited for next week's episode. Make sure you stay tuned. I am Queen Cotalia, the Hoodoo Queen. Until next time, merci beaucoup. Busy, busy. La semaine prochaine, we will discuss initiation within and without of ATIs. Merci de voir.